Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, indeed. Caravan Central official audio podcast number four. I'm Steve Witchell, and I'm here with my buddy Tony Beinert. What's up, dude? What's up, everybody? Good evening. I'm loving that song, dude. <laughs> I really, I think he did such a great job with that theme song. Jared Fink wrote that theme song there, and so fitting. Thank you, Jared. It, it's fun. Yes, thank you, Jared. He's a busy boy, man. He's got a single coming out next, I think next week. In uh, he's in Spokane, Washington, but he's he records a lot. He writes a lot, and he's got uh, so he's putting singles out, and they're charting, but they're just not hitting it, you know. Yeah, hey, man, you know it's God bless him. Yes, um, but yeah, I definitely appreciate him writing that theme for us, and. Uh, so, but this is cover bands, so we got to talk about cover bands, don't we? Um, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, so I've been uh, doing uh, work lately on Cover Band Central, especially yesterday and last night, kind of reworking the page a little bit um, and making it a little bit more user friendly. Adding link, uh, I added a link to the Cover Band Central group, which is separate from the page. It's a, a thing that you can. Uh, join and post all you want on that page and uh and talk with other musicians and there's about there's close to 8000 people on there so that's a pretty cool thing and you can promote your gigs on there and stuff and so I have a nice easy link on the page to that now and I also grouped some videos together uh I made a playlist of videos and I haven't told you about this yet um last week after we did our recording I went out I told you I was going to do it I went out to Bourbon Street and um, I, I don't get to the French Quarter much when I'm not playing. Um, you know, it's usually I'm going there for work. So um, I went out and uh, shot Facebook Live videos of about nine different bands. I just walked around Bourbon Street and popped into clubs and hit record or hit live, go live on the page and uh, got some really good stuff. Yeah, I remember you saying you were going to do that. So, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up. What was the, what some of the highlights of that evening? You know what, dude? The highlight for me in general was just that I got to see all this this eclectic mix of music and musicians that I never get to see. Um, 
because I'm always out there working. And I did go see some bands who I see still from time to time because they're close to where I play, the Swamp. They're right across the street. Like, uh, you've been there. Bourbon Bandstand is a, a club right there. And then Fat Cats is another one. So those clubs I tend to pop in when I'm working if I'm on break. But then there were other ones as I, as I went further towards Canal Street that I have never even been in um, and caught some really good music, dude. There's so much talent in here. It's ridiculous, man. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And it, it, the cool thing was there was such a wide range of, of just music genres and songs that people were playing. Um, and uh, so I, I went Facebook Live that night and got pretty good response from people. Got a lot of people watching and commenting and stuff. And each one of them has had at least a few thousand views. Um, now, so I grouped them in a category on the page. I made a video playlist of all of those videos, so anybody can go back and watch them from that night, which was a week ago tonight. A um, lot of fun, dude. I mean, there's that's one of the reasons I really wanted to start this whole thing, this whole cover band central thing, this whole movement, because well, you, there's you, you, so much talent that nobody ever gets to hear or see, you know. And you know what's so killer about it, Steve, is that, you know, you're using the, the cover band Central, you know, as a launching pad, as a positive platform to not only promote, you know, each other and to promote artists that you see, but you're, you know, you're getting to experience all this great music, you know, because of where you live and, and because of the talent that's around you. And then you're able to capture that and put it up for, you know, everybody to be able to share and, and check out. And that that's huge. Yeah, it is really huge, dude. And. I, I learned another really cool thing that they Facebook just implemented is that a page owner can assign another person um, under sort of the admin category, but not with all the functions and, and abilities. But one ability they can have is the uh, to go live themselves on that page. So I have an audience of almost 74,000 people there on the page now and I could I could pick somebody and say hey here I'm going to let you broadcast live on the page whenever you want I'm going to give you access to it um so say if I say if you were on Facebook <laughs> and you um and I gave you that ability you could go play a Weisenheimer's gig set up your camera um or set up your phone and do the gig live uh, and go Facebook live on Coverband Central playing your gig to, 70, right to an audience of 74,000 people and growing, you know, rapidly. So that's a really cool thing. So, it, I mean, you were saying about I live in New Orleans and I'm lucky, and you're right, but there's other people that are living in other places where music is really happening too that it would be cool if I could have, like, say somebody in New York and somebody in Chicago and somebody in San Francisco and somebody in, in, uh, in Sydney, Australia, that, that can do that in their area and then have like live music on the page or on a website all the time. How awesome would that that be? Like that's I, that's doable right now. Yeah, it's how awesome it's going to be is really the question. You know, not will it be? It's it's going to happen. You know, and what what an inspiring you know thing to, to be able to promote. You know, and to have that it's it's huge. Like I said, it's this is going to change, it's going to change a lot of people's lives. I think you know by by having this whole uh, platform at which to become a, you know part of the community. I, you know, that's my goal, man. I really want to. I, I love music. Music. It's just all about music for me. It's I, I, ever since I've been alive, I can remember being alive. Music was 
is such a joy to me and such a, a, a passion and, and a escape and, ev- you know, everything that comes with it. That's an inspiration. Yeah, and like we spoke about, you know, in, in some of the or previous episodes about just how, how blessed we are to do it. And if you're, you're not a musician and you, you can't experience it, you know, it's, it's very hard. It's impossible to convey to someone, you know, what it is when the music is not, you know, it, it's alive. It's it's in you, you know, and you're, you're, you're drawn to it and it becomes part of your life and it's not for everybody, but for the few, you know, chosen few who we are, that it is, it's a true blessing. You know, we gotta be thankful for and try to share with everybody. You know that that it has that same experience to 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 be their best. You know, and to, and to channel and and you know make the music come to life by being the, the best musician that they can be. And it's great. Yeah, dude, it's it's awesome. I mean, and I love being a musician. It's it's just so it, it's so what I was meant to do. But another thing that really lights me up, man, that gives me the juice is is hearing an, another musician for the first time and they are killing it. And that I mean, oh, I yeah. just get that same chill and that same you know childlike feeling of discovering something for the first time. And it doesn't matter if they're playing a cover song or it, you just get this a, a, a new vibe from somebody that had never you'd never really felt. And, you know, a twist on something that you already understand. And um, they're tuned into the frequency, you know, you're on, they're in it. Oh, it's so cool, man. And I was thinking about this just now, like, you know, I played in so many bands in in Jersey and um, original bands a lot early on, but then cover bands a lot later. And but what I I went on tour with Jared, uh, the guy who wrote the theme in 2008. And um, it was a long tour. It was like, well, two months we were at, but we, we spanned the country. I remember when you did that. Tour. Yeah, we went. We started in Jersey and we made our way west, um, the northern route, um, and then we went down south, uh, California, uh, to to uh, down to uh, Nevada, and then made our way back east. Um, and it was about two months. But a lot of the, I mean, most of the gigs you had multiple people on it. So you know, we were just going into bars, local bars, some clubs and playing with a, a multiple bill. And so I got to see a lot of musicians from all over the country. And it, that was the thing that, that was one of the things about that tour that made me so excited was seeing this, all this new music or all, all these new musicians. And a lot of them play covers too. And it's like, man, like these people to me, I was thinking, man, other people need to see these, this person. Why are they have, you know, three people here at the bar when this, this person is so incredible. Um, so, that was another uh, kind of an early inspiration for starting this whole thing, I think. Yeah, I, I remember when you got back from that tour. And, you know, while you're on tour, we, we, we had several conversations and how excited you were, you know, and right. how inspired you were. And it was just, you know, it was – I remember how it, it, the passion was just, you know, ignited that you were able to do that and be not only be able to play, you know, all over the country and have that enjoyment, but to also see other, you know, top-notch uh, players and, and get to have camaraderie with them and, and enjoy their music. But hey, was that also the tour when the the uh, the wheel melted off the van? Oh, you really want me to tell that story? Because if it was at some point tonight, you have to tell that story. There's no way I guess I around that. Now, don't you know? I? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that was uh, boy. Let me remember this story. Jeez. All right. It was. It, it's got to be like about three years ago now. 
I was living in New Orleans, and uh, we got. I, I was playing still. Uh, I was playing in the quarter, playing on Bourbon Street, but I was also doing um, tribute shows. Um, a lot of them out of state. Uh, we did some in Texas, uh, Mississippi, and then we got this one gig in Kansas, uh, a casino, a weekend gig, um, Friday and Saturday night, and we were doing uh, Foreigner. We were doing a triple tribute show. We were doing Foreigner, Bon Jovi, and Journey. So, like, I think an hour each or maybe an hour 15 of each of those. And uh, the the singer hired a drum. He pieced together a band, and I was part of the band because I was actually living at the guy's house. And uh, we hired a drum. He hired a drummer through word of mouth who had played with some top Vegas artists. <laughs> And uh, so he came, highly recommended, and he came into the rehearsal. We had about a week to rehearse, I think. Um, you know, and for the life of me, I can't remember his name, and that's probably a good thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, he, um, he he didn't play the songs well in the beginning. And, I, yeah, you know, I can make the song, this story so long, and I'm try- i got to get to the, the van. <laughs> um, he just, he wasn't doing it and he wasn't really um learning and he was living at danny's house or i said danny's name now but it's Dan- it was danny's house um for the week and he wasn't practicing and, and he wasn't charting things really and when we were rehearsing he wasn't getting the songs right you know 95 and that might be generous percent of it he wasn't, oh, wasn't getting right i mean he could play drums that was clear but he did not know the songs. That was also very clear. And right. we we had all day, we had this, this luxury of playing in this house, rehearsing in this house. We lived there, we rehearsed there, you know, for a week. So you can, you can be rehearsing at all hours of the night, whatever, it doesn't but, matter. But what you was can, he doing while you guys are rehearsing? You're just rehearsing without drums? How's well, no, that, no, that he, would, he would, re- I mean, we had a lot of, we had three tribute show, shows to rehearse for. And so you're talking about, you know, at least 15 songs for each one of them. So, you know, 45, 45 yeah, songs. Yeah, the full night. That's a lot of songs to get together, um, especially if you don't know any of them. <laughs> That's like a Chamber Oktoberfest list right there. So what we would do is just song by song, you know, here's song number one that we're playing. Let's play it and rehearse it. Try to rehearse it like we're doing the show, um, like you, any professional would do. And uh, we would just have to keep going over the one song for him to even get it close to right, like where he's starting at the right time and ending at the right time. Um, but I mean, forget about even playing the correct kick drum patterns or, or knowing changes. We had to blow past that because he was just, and he was, he just kept assuring us, you know, don't worry, I'll be fine. I played with so-and-so and I don't remember what the artists were, but oh, I played with so-and-so <laughs> and so-and-so. And we're like, you know, we're all talking amongst each other away from him saying you know we don't really believe this guy he's not he's not saying doing what he's saying he's going to do um but we had no choice we had to go play this gig so we left um we we had to drive to kansas from new orleans um and um it was a long drive 14 hour drive 16 hour drive something like that and we planned on doing it in one shot um so we left it was pretty late at night or very early in the morning, something like that. I know it was dark. And Danny took the first shift, and um, 
it drove for quite a while. And um, then we stopped for gas, I guess. And then uh, our drummer friend, who's not familiar with the songs, um, volunteered to drive, or he was assigned to drive or something along those lines. I'm sitting in the back. I don't really care. I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs> like, I'm not really paying all that much attention to what's going on, but we had stopped for gas. Everybody got out to take a piss break. Or, you know. how'd, you get out of, how'd you get out of driving? I don't know. I'm pretty good at that, man, on the trips. I just, <laughs> I feign interest, or I, I don't know. <laughs> I Your just, license is suspended. I can't drive. Yeah, I don't know. No. no, I would never lie about it. I just don't get in the mix. You know, when people are saying, hey, who wants to, like, I'll drive. No, I'll drive. I'm like, okay, you guys, you guys yeah. figure it out. That's fine. <laughs> I got my I got, it? I got my blankie and my pillow and I'll be fine in this back seat. <laughs> um so um yeah, so he took over our drummer friend took over and um uh, driving and we were yeah, we were driving we must have been we were driving a tr- a tr- uh, van and we were uh we had a trailer too. We must have had a trailer because we were bringing all our gear. I sure. Would, I would believe we did. Um so we pull out of the gas station, our drummer friend's driving, and um, he's, to, oh, man, I wish I remembered the exact details of this, but he, I, he wasn't, oh, he was, he was on the phone. He was fighting with his girlfriend. He was right? fighting with his girlfriend on the phone during the time we were outside of the van and everybody was doing their thing, and then we get back and he gets into drive and he's still on the phone fighting with his girlfriend, yelling, cussing, everything. And he starts driving, and he's just he blows through a stop sign, and we're all just like, oh, hey, hey, pay attention, and we we all start yelling at him, get off the phone, if you're going to drive, and he's just like, hey, you know, he was very rude about it, and just would turn back to us, Dude, don't worry about it, we're fine, I'll be fine, you know, like, and we're like, Duh. so he's driving down the road, so he gets on the highway, and gets up to highway speed, and then all, you know, a minute, maybe a minute and a half into it, somebody says. What is that smell? What is that burning smell? And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, um, you know, Danny starts freaking out. So he pull, he's just yelling at him, pull over, pull over, pull over. And and the guy's still on his phone. And then he's like, gets off his phone to pull over. And um, we get out, and he had left the emergency brake on. And he thought he was, he, he said he thought he was pu- pressing it off or something but he pressed it on so he drove with the emergency <laughs> brake on at highway speed like 65 miles an hour 70 miles an hour dragging in a van dragging a trailer and we get out and the rear wheel the 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 uh the rotor is glowing red like orange <laughs> red glowing it's like molten lava <laughs> We're thinking that this this thing is gonna melt right here in front of our eyes, and so Danny <laughs> is drinking a, a can of Coca Cola in the van in the front seat. So he he's just freaking out. He sees the orange glow. He goes and re- runs and grabs the can of Coca Cola and starts throwing it onto the the, mel- the melting rotor. <laughs> Classic. That's great, dude. Oh my god! And like, I'm like, no, dude, no, don't. <laughs> so then, did you guys end up making it to the game? Oh or my god, we we made it to the we we um it, we let it cool off first, and um then we we did uh 
make it to the gig. Um, and it, it was a really cool setup. They were, it was sponsored by some alcohol company, and uh, I got some cool swag from it. I think it was Samuel Adams. I got, I got a really cool bottle opener there. Um, nice. And uh, it was a two-night thing, and uh, we had a good response from people, despite the fact that the drummer did not know one of the songs. Not one, dude. I recorded it. I recorded it. So did he just play through everything? Like, you know. He just tried to guess. He was just guessing the whole time. Just trying to guess at what, what was coming next. Not really even listening to the song. Just just like sitting back sort of all smug like I, I worked for, you know, uh, Wayne Newton in Vegas. Which it wasn't Wayne Newton, but whatever. Um, and he just didn't give a shit. <laughs> I was just he just he did not care and um I recorded I mean, it, it it's funny you know the whole story not to cut you off but the, the, it's it's, it's you know we laugh and joke about it but it's it's kind of you know exactly what we said the, the exact thing you do not want to do as a professional musician you know yes yes I've learned from seeing other people make mistakes but that mistake I didn't need to learn that stuff I already knew <laughs> I already knew not to drive with the emergency brake on. Yeah, that's just too much. That's, that's oh, great. my goodness. Um, and, and anyway, yeah, we digress. And to, to prepare for, for things, especially like that, especially when you have that luxury of you have that much time. Somebody is, is um, somebody's putting you up. You know, he he drove to New Orleans from wherever he was. It was a, It was far away. I don't know where it was, but it was far. I think it was in California somewhere, um, and you know, I, I just it just blows my mind. I, how could somebody get a professional job that won't go into a gig and act professional? You're not. I it's mean, be, it's beyond me. Like you said, and, but you're already committed to the gig, and the guy's there. You know, it. we had no choice. We, we and we didn't have anybody else to replace him that could come in and just blow out forty five songs in in two days. Um, you know, do you know what the lesson to be learned here is that you know if you're on tour like that with a guy like that you got to make sure that everyone drinks enough water and then you ride you know most of the time uncomfortable because you have to piss like a racehorse <laughs> just in case the event that the guy's driving with the emergency brake on and that road is glowing you got enough ammunition between all of you you know to put it out oh man that was crazy hey, you know, there was another Sto- I, I'm gonna save this for another time. There's, there's another story from uh, that I did a tribute show with some of the same people, um, and it was just uh, all sorts of crazy stuff happened. I started writing an article about it, and I never finished it, but it's a good story. But I'll save that for another time. Um, don't want it to be all about my stories. Um, so, um, anything new? Did you play this weekend? I did not. I was off this weekend. Okay. So you're playing the rest of May, though, you said? Yeah, I'm playing this weekend coming up. Uh, we're, we're playing a big private party, about 200 people. Nice. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I hope there's a pizza, tr- pizza truck there. Yeah, I don't know if there'll be a pizza truck. I hope. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it doesn't rain. The forecast isn't looking too good, and it's outdoors. So Uh-oh. i got to keep an eye on that. We have Jazz Fest this weekend here in New Orleans. It was uh, last weekend and this coming weekend, and... I think it was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. It was just poor, and we had this line of storms, thunderstorms that came through. And I saw some video from Jazz Fest, and it seems like every year at Jazz Fest, at least one of the days, it just rains like crazy, which is 
it kind of defeats the purpose of having Jazz Fest at that time of year anyway. They should move it later, I would think, when it's not rainy season. But it was so yeah. Much I mean, it, but like you know, how it is once it's coordinated and it's booked, you know, it's rain or shine. Yep. Yeah. And it was uh, Tom Petty was playing Sunday, so, and I'm not sure if he got to play or not because of the weather. But um, I know he was supposed to. But by, yeah, yeah. By uh, by Sunday night, it wasn't raining, so I was able to work rain free. Um. At the yeah, getting caught in the rain is tough, you know. If Unless, there's a chance, you got to bring a little tent or something, you know. Just, right. You have to because if you, if it all of a sudden the sky opens, you're in trouble. Right. So I had, but I had um, the weekend. I had um, Friday and Saturday night. I had two two sub singers, and we play. We play with two singers, um, and both of them were subs, and they were different subs on Friday than they were on Saturday. <laughs> and then, so so we had two subs, and I was I was uh, chosen to run the show because I've done it a lot before. And then Saturday, Jason had some uh, our drummer and band leader had some car trouble and was unable to make it Saturday, so. We had three subs on Saturday. Half of the band was a sub. Did it tank? Did it submarine? No. Um, but it. Um, I was required to, again, run the show, and it's it's very challenging. I'll say that. it's. I kind of like it. I like challenges, um, but I've had that challenge before. I don't feel like I keep needing to get that challenge again. Um, well, you're you're good at it. You've done it before. I'm, so I'm good at it. I've done it before, um, and and I do it well. You know, if if I can say so for myself, I do it well. I've been doing it for a long time. So, but I think I, what you're saying is a different headspace if you're leading it or if you're you know part of it. Yeah, and and specifically Saturday because the one of the subs was a drummer, so me being the bass player. And I'm standing, yeah. again, right next to the drummer at Crazy Corner, just like sort of like I am at Swamp. It's a bigger stage. but um, So I have to cue him a lot during the night on, on beginnings, endings, um, and certain parts in songs. Um, the, the guy that did the show was a very good drummer, um, and he came in and did an admirable job but he just didn't know a lot of the material and that's not his fault. You know, he was asked to do something at the last second and, and did it well and did it well. And that's not an easy thing to do in this city. And especially on a Saturday night at a busy club, um, you know, you, you have to be on your game. You have to just be going song, 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 no BS, nothing. And, um, it, if you're not accustomed to being in that situation on stage, it's 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 difficult sometimes for people to adjust to that. Um, if you're used to playing at a corner bar where you have some time to just BS in between songs, um, and you've never been in a situation where you have to just be on point while you're on stage, it's it's an adjustment. So. So I had to kind of keep him, keep kicking him, kicking him back in line because he would kind of just want to talk between songs like talk about the last song or talk about, you know, 
whatever. And I'm just saying, go next song. Let's go. Um, so but still, I had to, what fun, you know, to to create music with with guys you haven't played with before, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, it is, you know, it is, and it definitely builds character for me, and and it's uh, and it's good for, it's really good for me all all around. Um, I just, I have more fun when I'm just not responsible for calling the show or for cueing anybody, and I can just play yeah. my bass, man. And but I can it, but just it breaks it up, it. you know. It does. Um, it does. Um, so I'm happy that we did well and we got through the night. He had a good time, the drummer. The singers did well. Um, I worked with a singer on Saturday night that I haven't worked with in a long time, and uh, it's a she she uh, she's somebody I worked with a lot in the past in New Orleans, and she did a really really good job. I was really happy to have her there. It it really made me. She was there on Saturday night, and it really made me feel comfortable having that familiar person with me on stage who knows the deal, knows what to do. Um, she, she you know she took over when she needed to and uh, when she knew that it was the right time and uh that was cool i like that yeah you can just enjoy playing you know yeah well i still had to kind of you know that was the night where i had the drummer and i had the other singer too um and you know i still have to be the dad and keep everybody in line but at least you have an anchor you know yes yeah yeah that was really cool so i appreciate that from her um so uh yeah, um that was that was my big uh big thing for the last week. I think um Sunday wasn't uh wasn't too memorable. Other than I left my mic there. <laughs> <laughs> but the Facebook live that that's, that's big. Yeah, you know, I you know what I was thinking, dude. I can tell you what I was thinking on Sunday. Like I've been doing the that gig for just about 3 years now. I, Three years ago at this time, I was subbing there often, and I didn't really start working there full-time until October, but I'm going to call it three years because I was playing there a lot. Um, so I've, I've played there, you know, I mean, math, three, three, you know, 300, probably about 400 times with that band in different incarnations. That's a, you know, that's a lot. To that's a couple. That's a couple of times, <laughs> you know. So, I, you know, I exaggerate it. I'm I'm feeling like I might want to branch out of that a little bit. I don't want to give it up. I really like it. It's um, comfortable to me. Um, but I really would I, like last night. I spent I wasn't playing and I spent all night with my computer and working on Cover Band Central and and getting that more user friendly and more engaging. And um, I really was enjoying that. And I kind of want to have a little bit more time to myself to work on Cover Band Central and make it as big as I want it to be, which is really big. Um, so I'm uh, thinking about maybe making some minor changes soon. That's great, man. I mean, it's about finding balance, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's about making the, enough income, too. I mean, that's my primary source of income right now is playing. Yeah, no, so, for sure. So uh, if I can find a way to make some income with Cover Band Central, and I have ideas, um, then I can balance it out a little bit better. I'd really like to pre- – I prefer to play because I want to play, not because I have to play, you know? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, we all look forward to playing, you know? We don't ever want to become 
you know, a job, quote unquote, you know, to where you just go into the motions. And, you know, we've all come across guys that are, are, are at that point that are just burnt out and have been doing it a long time or just don't have the passion. You know, they need to find that inspiration to, to go back to what initially, uh, you know, inspired them to play and tap into that passion. You know, yeah. so if, whenever... You know, someone you see someone getting discouraged because they play a lot, or it's just it's get you know they have to find different ways to to remind themselves that this is you know it's, it's a blessing to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, and I guess you get so complacent playing at at the same venue for that long and that many gigs, and it, it's up and ups and downs. Most of the time, I find some joy and passion in at least some part of it, but there's a lot of it that's very routine. You know, there is, but you know, there's a lot of things in life that are routine, right? Let's face it. Right. And it, it could, you know, you got to remind yourself that it, you could be doing something else, occupying yeah, and your I time do. in a different routine and not enjoying playing music. Yeah, I do. I just want more. I always want more. I want bigger. I want to play on bigger stages with bigger names and uh, play around the world, man. I want to yeah, play around no the doubt. world. You know. Um, did I tell you about the thing? Yeah, I guess I did last week. But with John uh, Monica, he's got this. Uh, he's a singer, plays uh, covers, does Facebook lives every time he plays. He plays six nights a week, uh, plays guitar. Um, and he's got these people in Australia trying to get him to go to Australia. And they've created this GoFundMe account um, where you can, anybody can contribute and uh, be able to pay for him to fly down there and play. Um, That's great. Yeah, I mean, the the possibilities that are going on right now are just so phenomenal with the internet, man. It's, it's yeah, and I mean, you know, the opportunities, like you say, are there. And, you know, someone like John, who's, you know, he's so talented and he's so good at what he does, you know, and he, he instantly... You know, you're a fan. If you've seen him, you're immediately like, wow, this guy's great. You know, I've seen him, you know, 10 years ago, you know, up through the present, yeah. uh, like, like as you have, you know. And it's great that, it, you know, through the Internet, you know, it, let, let's say, you know, you play locally and you, you, you develop this huge following, you know, and even it expands out from, from where you live. You know, like John had a, a great fan base here, you know, New Jersey, whole tri-state area, but, you know, real strong North Jersey presence, you know, with a lot of fans. And now through the Internet, you know, you have now worldwide exposure and, and you know, the love that people have for him here. Now, like you said, it's Australia and they're, they're going to fund him to go there because they want to see him. Yeah, they and they sent him this uh, this gift package too. He took a picture of it the other day, with uh, like koala bears and all Australian touristy kind of things. Um, and it, I mean, there was so much in there, I couldn't even see everything. But uh, that's super cool, man. Um, it you know because he has, I mean, he has the, the talent, and that re- I, I'm going to make that dude a star, man. I want to make him a star. I want to be the responsible for making him a star. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, he's he's great. Because he should be, man. The first time I saw that dude was at Great, I think at Great Notch, uh, which is at this little biker bar in northern northern New Jersey. Um, it's right on, like by a couple interse- uh, intersection of a couple highways, like Forty Six and Route Three, and uh, gets a lot of traffic in that area. But it's a biker bar. I used to play, dude. I used to play there before I met you. I played um, there. It's like a closet. 
Yeah, it's a cl- it's a very very small setup. As small as you can imagine. Think a little bit smaller. Um, it, <laughs> it's like a and, kick snare and hi hat gig. Yeah, and I, I I used to play in this band called the Intoxic Cats. We were a blues band, and we played. Uh, we had a harp player, um, two guitar, uh, lead vocal, uh, drums and bass, and we would play like blues standards, like like old school blues stuff. Where I had to just do simple bass lines, you know, that just keep it real simple. I really learned how to be a really good bass player in in that band, I think. But we played the Great Notch uh, once a month, and um, I made thirty dollars a night. It's big money back then. <laughs> it was not nineteen forty-seven, whenever that was. <laughs> it was like, oh God, let me see, what year was that? It, uh, Wow. Oh, man. It's, it's in the 90s. 90s. 94. 95. 96. Somewhere around there. Yeah. 97. 98. No, it was, maybe. It was, it was mid-90s. I played in that band, and I got... Uh, it was somewhere around there. And I, that's when I got my Fender P bass that I still have. And how does that tie you back into John Monica? Because that's where I met John at Great Notch. At, at one, uh, I, I thank you for bringing it back to the, the topic. Um, um, yeah, I met him at Great Notch, and I don't think I was there playing. I think I was just there hanging out. Um, but I saw him playing. I was like, "Who the hell is this guy? And why is he just playing at the Great Notch?" And I went up and introduced myself, and you know, I, I doubt he remembers that, but um, but we've become friends since. But he played at um, Starland Ballroom, opening for White Snake too by himself on that stage. And Starland oh, yeah. Ballroom is the biggest stage in Jersey that's not an amphitheater yeah. or arena. Um, it, it, you know, any of the national acts that come through Jersey that, that can't play the, the amphitheater or arena are going to play uh, Starland Ball, Ballroom. Yep. And great play, and, great venue. Yeah. And, uh, and John opened up for White Saint, which was really, really cool. Just him and an acoustic guitar, and he's playing covers, and I, he probably played a couple of originals. And I was there for that show. I saw that, and he did a great and got a great response from the crowd. So, uh, so it you know it just goes to show, man. You can you can play anything, any song, whether you wrote it or whether you didn't. But if you're good, people are gonna like you, and they're gonna follow you, and they're gonna buy your stuff, and they're gonna come see you play. Yeah, and if you're great, like John, you know, uh, it, it's really a pleasure to see him play. I've seen him play in Ringwood, you know, up where I live here, you know, plenty of times, locally. We got to get. Do you know him? Have you met him before? No, just through conversation. You know, every time I've, I have seen him, I've always approached him and say, you know, I introduce myself and tell him how, how much I enjoy him. But, uh, you know, I've uh, only seen him maybe once or twice a year. We got to get him on this thing, man, because he he's really one of us, man. He's anytime. I mean, I only had one phone conversation with him but it was just like me and you talking really um and he's such a down-to-earth guy and he's so knowledgeable um so i really i got to reach out and now that i think that you and i have this thing kind of licked now as far as the technical aspect of it yeah um you know we we need to start kind of bringing other people in what do you think except when something like this happens (laughs) definitely we definitely bring him back in I don't know what happened. Um, Technical difficulties. Right. He just said we had it worked out, and I don't know what happened. 
I don't know what happened to you. But hey, you know, referring back to what you just said, you know, you talk to John. He's like he's like you and me. You know, he's a regular guy. He's cool. He, he's you know he's a smart guy. He's talented and but he's approachable. You know what I mean? And and he's humble. And, and that's what makes it. You know, what we were talking about. Like I said, I think it was like two weeks ago about you know people want to be able to hang out with other guys like on a tour we'll say you know it makes a lot better uh if you're an agreeable type of you know easy going and you get along with people and that that's a great you know a successful uh, attribute to have and that's exactly you know it's, and John has that with that charisma you know yeah and it's it's real it's genuine he it's never no gets no ego you know it's yeah it's it's completely genuine he never gets um upset with people and he's doing his broadcast live it's it's warts and all man it's you you're you are who you are and people are going to see it um and and people ask him about his gear all all the time and he always explains it he always says it as if it's the first time he's answering the question he never gets annoyed and like oh you know you could watch it in the replay and see me talk about it um he, he always very genuine and and always very direct and and just very nice man, and it it comes through in his music. You know he'll be talking to the the Facebook Live crowd and then turn and sing, and then turn back and talk to the Facebook Live crowd and then turn and sing and seamlessly. You know it's you got to watch it. He's just he's just really. Got he's, he's he's got it and he's comfortable and you know think of how many thousands of gigs he's played you know he's he's perfected the whole thing. Yeah, he knows the deal. He's got it. That's that's a fucking star right there. I, oh man, I just said the f word. I wonder if I can bleep that out. Uh, right uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's how emphatic I feel about it anyway. Um, but um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him. He already said he would come on this and do this with us. So. Yeah, we'll get just, him on. We got to get him on. I just got to set it up for maybe if we can do it next week. I will. I'll. Uh, I'll keep you in the loop and and uh, talk to him and see what he thinks. Um, but uh, I would like to. I mean, this. That's what all this is about for me, dude. It's. I mean, it's really cool talking to you. This is awesome because <laughs> me and you used to talk uh, once a week just about things like this all um, the time, and it was called the Wisdom Hour. It was Remember? called the. Wisdom, Wisdom hour. hour. That was a thing that just happened organically because you would. I, it was when you were teaching. It was Monday nights, and you were teaching. Yep. You would be driving home from teaching, and you had, I guess, about an hour drive, right? Yep. And you would call me, and it was just it happened. So happened at the the time I had Monday nights off, and you would call, and we just happened to start doing it every week, and then I think you dubbed it the Wisdom Hour. I think it was your. Yeah, because the conversations we had were just organic, you know, like these are, and we weren't, no, you know, no specific topics, but we would just, you know, start talking about stuff, and it would come, and then when we were done, we would say, wow, you know, this is really, you know, this is a lot of wisdom in this conversation, and a lot of experience, we should, you know, dub it the wisdom hour, and it was wisdom! Yes, we didn't have a theme song, man, we should have thought of that. No, that yeah, thing. I have a good theme song for that, no, you worry. Do you? For the Wisdom Hour, absolutely. I haven't. Heard, you have one already, or, or you have an idea for one? 
Well, I have an idea for when I could play it on drums, or I could play it on xylophone if you if you want to really hear it. Um, I can't do I, it right now though. It's it's uh, it's too late. I was going to say, do you have a handy xylophone? I do. You know, you know, it's great. Like my 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 youngest son, Cole, uh, when he was in grammar school or middle school rather, uh, became friendly. You know, he's in the band, and uh, the, the band uh, director there was a really nice guy. And every time they had equipment that was like old or being replaced, you know, he became friends with my son. So my, so Cole would come home and say, Hey dad, do we want like a full size xylophone? Because, you know, uh, Mr. Van Hines is getting rid of it at the school and, and it'd be really good if, uh, you know, we could, is that something we could use? So I'm like, yeah, let's go check it out. And, you know, uh, we go and it's, it's, it's a full like orchestral xylophone that you would use in the school. I mean, it's like 50 years old, you know, it's like got strings and stuff in it, but it's got all the, the manual controls to, to mute it and unmute it. And, you know, it's a xylophone. It doesn't wear out, you know, so all, it, it has all great tone to it. So we acquire that. Then, hey, guess what? They're getting rid of uh, a marching bass drum. That's something we could use? Absolutely. Let's go get it. Bring it home. Mm-hmm. Put some new heads on it. Put it on a drum kit. You have a little remote kick drum. Uh, marching snare. Yeah, it's going in the garbage, too. If, you know, it's it's broken, needs this, needs that. Yeah, we'll take that. So we've acquired all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, awesome. That would have otherwise, you know, been discarded, you know, and and we've even restored stuff, you know, to to make it back to new condition. But yeah, so it's great, you know. Like I said, you walk downstairs and I have a full size xylophone in the drum room. And you're not in the drum room right now. I, I am. I'm, I'm sitting right now in the drum room and looking yeah. at all of the, the toys around me. Because now I feel like you have to play the xylophone because you said you have it, but if it's too late in the house, where you yeah, I'll play I'll play it next week. All right. <laughs> okay. Oh, right, yeah, that's I'll a nice little, little... And I got steel drum, too. I got a good little song for that. I heard your steel drum. That sounds good. Uh, but now we have a little teaser for next week. That's nice. Yeah, xylophone. Um, so, you know what? I, you're talking about uh, with instruments, with schools and stuff. I, that's something I really want to get involved with. With Somehow, I want to um, associate Cover Band Central with education and with schools and get... Um, you know, helping music programs, getting new instruments, whatever it takes to get kids to learn music. You know, just to every, keep the programs alive. You know, everywhere, yeah. Because the the funding cuts. You know, they always say, "Oh, the arts and music's first to go," and it's true though. I, I see it. You know, now in my town, even that they're they're trying to consolidate some of the music programs down. You know, because they don't have budget for, it or they're or they're cutting budget on it. Yeah, it's, I want to get it, involved it's, it's in that. It's terrible, you know. Yeah, it is, and and it's such a good thing, man, to learn music as a kid because you're so impressionable. And I did. I had a piano. There was a piano in my kindergarten class that anybody could just go up and play it. Um, and it wasn't like in the front of the class; it was like tucked in the side. But I remember I learned chopsticks when I was five years old on the piano. Like, yeah. And I was so and I was so excited for learning chopsticks. Like I can do, 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 you know, everybody knows chopsticks. And then Absolutely. I played second grade. I played uh, what they it, it was a recorder. They called it the flutophone, but it was a recorder. And I had a little music book and learned how the to hot cross buns. Yeah, and I, the one I really remember too is when the Saints go marching in. That was a song I learned on that. And it's I remember advanced for for a recorder beginning player there. You know, yeah, really. I mean, you're just playing the melody. I have a recorder too. I could play it right now if you want to hear it. Do you really? No. 
Ah. Sorry. That was a tease. I wish I had a recorder sound effect. I'll see if I can find one for next week. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just remember that being so good for me, be uh, learning music that early, learning how to play notes and stuff, and read it. You know, basic reading, but reading nonetheless. Yeah, you know, my dad's a drummer, and at a young age, too, four years old, you know, or, or even younger than that, I just got pictures of me uh, playing a drum on the floor. And, you know, he got me into drumming, and then as I grew up, I was exposed to, you know, marching bands and big bands and uh, all kinds of great, you know, opportunities that you normally wouldn't have, but that, you know, contributed so greatly to the musician I am today. Right. Right. You know, in addition to the school band and grammar school band, state band and honor band and, you know, all the stuff that you do. I, I did growing up, you know, like from second grade through, uh, you know, through middle school. Did you have um, music theory available in any of your schooling? Not when I was a kid in grammar school or middle school. <clears throat> I mean, you had to learn how to read. I mean, there was music theory, yes. They, they, they didn't teach it as a class, but it was part of the band curriculum for okay. everyone except the drummers. Yeah, I guess I was really fortunate. My high school had music theory, a music theory class. And uh, I took it in my junior year, and, and then they, they had a music theory two class, and I took it for my senior year, but they ended up combining the two because there weren't enough people from both of the classes so i basically took music theory one twice um and the teacher his name was george westner the third and he was very flamboyant um and he was also the organ player at radio city music hall that was his gig um and he taught sweet yeah, and he was very, very knowledgeable and expected a lot of you in the class. Um, you know, and that was the time of my life when I started listening to rock music. I started playing bass. I started listening to rock music. I started growing my hair. I was le wearing leather jackets and denim jackets and, uh, you know, band T-shirts in high school. And he did not really approve of any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Wore a nice suit to work every day. He was very flamboyant um, and very not some rock and roll heathen like you. Yeah, he was wearing like Liberace rings and playing piano. But man, could he play! I mean, he was really, really good. And he taught, you know, he taught like a lot of stuff. And you had to get it. If you didn't get it, you were screwed. Um, because you're going to move on to the next thing. So you've got to memorize your key signatures. And then you've got to know them. You know, there's, there's no two ways about it. Because you've got to start writing four-part harmonies. And you've got to do sight reading and sight singing and ear training. And, I mean, just every, like workshops where you uh, put together a piece and you have to come in and play it on your instrument. Um, I've, I played... Um, the what, What's the... Uh, the classical name for it, the Lone Ranger theme. Hi-ho, Silver! Away! You know, somebody's going to listen to this and be like, you idiot, it's this. Um, it, that It's a classical song. Um, and there was a cover of that 
by the bass player from Manowar on a on a record. Um, he did it like oh, basically cool. bass solo of that song, and it's not easy. I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff in it. it's a classical music piece. Um, so th- I did that for like a project that we were assigned a project, and I just came in and I played in, played that on bass, um, and I was horrible. You know, I was so nervous. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. Everybody's looking at me, and he's just looking at me with his, you know, with his uh, his chin up and his his thumb under his chin and his rings sparkling, and he's twiddling his fingers and watching. And I got I got done playing it. And he goes, "So what was the point of that?" <laughs> in front of the whole time, like, and we're sitting like everybody sitting, everybody's sitting in a semicircle. You know, so we're all like, it's not like a regular classroom. We're in like in a music room and everybody's like in a semicircle and I'm right in the middle there just, you know, playing my silly thing through a little, probably like a 15 watt amp um, with a terrible chord and a, a bass that the action was high on or whatever. And, and, you know, he's right in the center, like of the semicircle. That's all, they're all facing me and I get done. He's like, so what was the point of that? Wow. And do you remember what you said? I no, because I I was I just just like two like two middle fingers in the air like that's right. No, no, I felt just sheepish and horrible because I was just so I was already so nervous about the whole thing and I knew I wasn't going to play great and I I didn't know that I did kind of come in with a little bit of bravado just like hey I'm going to do this thing, Uh, but without any drums, without any, any sort of meter going on. It's just me playing and having to keep it on a bass that's just, like, clinky and, and uh, you know, playing through a crappy amp and, and then trying to sell it to this guy, you know, this this teacher. It was, uh, it was humiliating. <laughs> I just don't know how a guy like that would get a job, you know, that requires skills that he evidently did not have. You know, how do you crush kids, you know, the happiness and inspiration to play something by not even being constructive or nurturing and just being like a total douche um, or French, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can't say that he was a total douche. Um, he, he probably... No, but that's a douchey thing to say, you know what I mean? Instead of saying, probably, all right, man, let's everyone give Steve a good round of applause, yeah, yeah. you know, and... Uh, I know, I know, right? No, right? Sure. Like, come on. Yeah. But you know what? It... it, it toughens you up a little bit i guess you know that's kind of like my the way i was brought up my you know uh my dad was uh tough on me for things and that uh that was beneficial yeah but steve the story you're telling now is like second grade i mean come on what's no, wrong no, with this no, guy this you know what i mean this is high school i was in i was <laughs> no, i know i know you know i was probably 16 years old and just you know i because he just didn't approve of everything that i was doing like growing my hair wearing like a, a cut off denim jacket with Iron Maiden killers painted on the back. Yeah, uh, I forgot. You're probably like a punk and he was just like, look at this at punk. Point, at that point I was, you know, I just started uh smoking pot and and <laughs> Yeah, in which case I, I now that I see the big picture, I got I can see why the guy was, you know, being really honest playing, with you. Playing it poorly and you know, so I didn't get a good grade. But I'm sure he did give me some sort of positive reinforcements cuz cuz I I look back on that um experience of of music theory for two years as being really uh, integral to to 
me getting into music and, and knowing what to do, knowing how to play music right from the get-go. You know, because no, no, when I started playing, dude, I took music theory, I took lessons, uh, private lessons, and, um, and I started jamming with my friends all at the same time. So I got the education from all those angles um, all at the same time where I, they were all sort of inter, intertwined with each other. Um, so, it, and, and, you know, I always thought it was like, as I was growing older playing, I, I thought like, well, everybody probably knows this stuff, right? And then um, some people do, and then, uh, you know, some people don't. And uh, it, it helps for communication, I think, with other musicians when you know, you know your stuff. Well, especially with the covers, because you're able to say, you know, what is that exactly that note or that what's that phrasing of that chord, you know, and between keyboard player and guitar player, they can, you know, strum it out and say this, you know, or it's that. And it's it's very helpful because then everyone's on the same page, you know, especially, you know, what we do now, too, with a lot of tunes is we all, you know, you can go online and find tablature, you know, right. and, and and Cal, you know, in the band, he's he's so resourceful. And so committed to the, the whole process and so excited and passionate about what we do that, you know, he seeks out a lot of stuff, you know, online and, you know, hey, guys, I found full tab for the entire band, you know, for, for all, you know, these bunch of these songs and, and check it out. And it's great, you know. And then I tell him, you know, the one he gave me is in the wrong key and it doesn't work for me, but it, it never seems to work. Those are the kind of people you want in your band. You know, if, oh, if, yeah. if you like that. If you're like that and you do things like that, practice things like that in your band or in your music life, you're going to get work because you don't have to be the best player. If you're good enough to play the stuff and you do it well, and then you have that kind of integrity, motivation, um, and, and drive, um, you're going to get work, man. You're going to do well. You know, Kel's been with you guys for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you know, and when you're like that, you're adding value, you know, like... You know, everyone in the band adds value, but, you know, Kelly adds that value, too. He's a great player. You know, he he's he's there early, you know, the first ones at the gig. Like, when I get there, he's getting there. You know, he's not a last-minute guy by any means, you know. He brings a ton of stuff with him to the gigs that, you know, he's responsible for. And just, you know, always so excited to play and thankful for, you know, the opportunity to play and learn songs. And it's just, you know, it's, it's great. Awesome. Yes. So teamwork, right? That's what it's all about. We can we can close with that, right? This is yeah. a band is a team, right? Everyone's got to be on the same, you know, rowing in the same direction and and supporting each other and and bringing value to you know to the effort. Yes, that's a good thing to do is to try to find a, a theme that has run through this whole thing, and teamwork is a very good one, Mister Tony. Um, don't be the guy who shows up and thinks he knows it all and doesn't bother to practice and then messes up the songs that's right and like we say you know a good friend of mine chris johnson they say team together everyone achieves more i like that i like that a lot so what you got coming up you got the private party what else you got coming up then i have another uh a private party and a wedding have a 50th birthday party and a wedding very and cool. bring us to the end of the month, and uh, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. I have plenty of, of good stories to, to bring uh, in the coming weeks. Excellent. So, pl- uh, talk about your uh, your website again. Plug your band. Tell everybody where they so can. It's thewisenheimers.com. 
W-I-S-E-N-H-E-I-M-E-R-S. Or you can type in uh, New Jersey Party Band or New Jersey Cover Band, and uh, we'll, we're usually on the first page or second page. And uh, YouTube, you can check us out on YouTube. You can go to the website. Um, yeah. And you're available for weddings, parties, bar mitzvahs, and... All that good stuff, yep. For parties, wet t-shirt contests, um, and kids... Party. Any event that you would want. You get guys to dress up like a clown if you want. You know, whatever it takes. Very good. I will be playing at the Swamp tomorrow and Thursday. I will be at Crazy Corner Friday and Saturday and the Swamp again on Sunday. And then you and I will reconvene next week for number five. Uh, but here we go. Indeed. Always fun. Dude. Facebook.com slash Coverband Central. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Share with your pets. That's what the cool kids are doing. See you, brother. Adios. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.